Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. How many of you all would consider yourselves a control freak? You know, now you don't have to raise your hand. Some of y'all are ready to just stand up. That's me. You know, I and typically when we understand a control freak is that they don't want any parts of it unless they're in charge. You know, now there are more subtle control freaks. They might not necessarily want to be in charge, but if they don't want to do it, they ain't doing it. You know, I see people point at themselves. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's typically, typically when we are control freaks or, you know, have tendencies toward that type of attitude, it stems from uh, an understanding of wanting to protect oneself, protect one's own interests, and as best you can, you need to know what the end brings. If you can't guarantee that, they typically kind of back out of it. Now, while we have different levels of being a control freak, there in a certain way exists that all of us operate in that mindset. Many of us think like, okay, if I work hard at it, I'll get good at it, I'll succeed. If I spend the time, I'm guaranteed to get the result. If I'm smarter, I'll get further ahead than the one who's not as smart. If I can just get more stuff and if I can get more money, then I can do more. And if I can do more, I enjoy life more. Function as though we think we can guarantee certain ends. And that's where we fall short because we think more highly of ourselves than we ought. And we think oftentimes we're more in control of things than we ought. And I'm here today to get us off the hook that we can relax a little bit and we can remind ourselves, I'm not in control. And you know what? That's a good place to be in. Because when we realize that we're not in control, we realize who is. And it's the Lord himself. See, today's title is satisfied with my lack of control. Satisfied with my lack of control. And you may be like, Pastor, why are you saying that? When you start reading through this chapter, you start to notice some things. And he starts right off the bat when he says, I took all this to heart. Remember, you got Solomon, wisest man ever, right? He got wisdom from the Lord. Wisdom we defined early on as knowledge applied, meaning you know truth. And not only do you know truth, not only do you know facts, you also know when to use it and how to use it. That's wisdom. You can know something. If you don't know how to use it, it's a problem. You can know something, but if you don't know when, that's a problem. But when you know it and you know when and how, that's a good place to be in. So when we're talking about wisdom, God has given him this supernatural wisdom to be a navigate life. And he's speaking on all these things he's observed, all these things that he's noticed, all these things he's experienced. And he gets to this part and he says... He's taken all this to heart and explained it all. The righteous, the wise, and their works are in God's hands. Now think about that. Think about what he's saying here. 
If you think about what he's saying here, he's saying how the righteous, you know, you, you do good stuff. You're a good person. The, the wise, you're smart and you know how to apply that intelligence. And then he says, the, the, and, and their work, so all the stuff that they do, he said, at the end of the day, saying God's hands. That's a humbling place to be because what he's reminding, he says, I've learned and taken this all to heart. You can be as good and as smart and only God knows where your life is leading. Then it gets a little depressing, though, when you read it just from a human perspective because he moves from God's hands and he transitions to yeah, everybody die. The smart person and the fool, the good person and the bad person. The righteous and the wicked, we all headed towards the same direction, death, and you don't know when it's going to be. We looked at it a few weeks ago, last week and the week before. It takes about sometimes he wrestled with the writer, Solomon, King Solomon, in spite of the Holy Spirit, wrestled with why is it sometimes the wicked and fool live longer than the righteous smart person? Like, why is that? But he's reminded we live in this sinful, fallen world and we don't control as much as we control, and we, this is where we find peace. We find peace in understanding whose hands we're in, and in finding that peace, that's where we can walk in a lifestyle of contentment because we know where we are, we know whose we are, and we know whose hands we're in, and we can trust that he's faithful and he's got us. And he's for a few verses. You know what he's communicating in all of this? He, he transitions and he goes from uh, death is certain for everybody. You know, you, you're not invincible. We looked last week. Don't do foolish stuff because you could, you could die earlier than you really needed to. Death is certain for all and you can't guarantee. But he says this, even with that, he basically said it's, it's better to be living than dead. Did y'all pick up on that? He said, uh, uh, a living dog is better than a dead lion. And this is why he makes this contrast. He says, look, death is certain, but it's better to be living because in life, there's hope. One of the things he's highlighting here is the hope of what God has for you, the hope. Because remember, your life is in God's hands. He makes this statement and he makes death definitive. This, this is one of the things that's huge. This is one passage among many to where don't, don't, don't get caught up in that, the, 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 the false ideas of, of, of reincarnation. He's like, death is final. Okay, there's a finitude to it. That's why the gospel is so significant that we'll be raised from the dead. So he's talking about de death is sure, death is final, and, and they know nothing. They're not coming back. He says, but, but, but it's better to be living because in living, there's a hope. And remember, that hope is going back to what he said in verse 1. You're in God's hands. See, hope is something that you haven't seen or experienced, but you're excited about. When you think about when our hope rests that we're in God's hands, then we got to look at his track record. Has God laid enough of a foundation? Has he laid enough groundwork for us to be like, you know what? I'm good. I'm good in God's hands. I don't know what the future holds. I can do all the right stuff, and I can get sick tomorrow. But you know what? If that's what God will, then that's what God's will, and, and I'm going to live for him right now, and I'm going to live for him even in that because that means if I'm in God's hands, God is going to use it in ways that I could never imagine. 
As I've spoken, as we've walked through Ecclesiastes, this whole book is really to challenge our perspective when we talk about life. He's reminding us, he says, look, I've searched. Death is final. It's certain. The dead have no advantage. Matter of fact, he, he even lays out in here. He's like, they, they know nothing at death. They have no hope and they know nothing. You know what he's saying? This is also another passage to combat what's found in some ancient Near East settings when it comes to ancestral worship. Your ancestors can't help you. They're dead. They're gone. They are impotent. He says, your life now is better. You're living. You have this hope and there's purpose and there's mission in what you're doing right now. Like He says all this to remind the wise person who understands your life is in God's hands, he literally says, enjoy your life. One of the saddest things that I see when I see professing Christians miserable with their lives because they lost perspective. They've placed the hope in what the world has to offer and they've misunderstood God's hand in their lives and where God has placed you and what God has given you to enjoy. Oftentimes you're comparing what you have to others, and then you're miserable because you don't have as much. And I'm sitting here like, what else you need? What else you looking for? Matter of fact, he goes to some very basic things. He, he, he says something in here, and he's like, you know, he says, uh, go eat your bread with pleasure and drink your wine with a cheerful heart. Now, I don't want you to run and take that. He's talking about getting drunk. The Bible speaks against drunkenness, okay? He speaks against drunkenness. But he says, enjoy. Enjoy your life. Enjoy your food. Enjoy the sustenance. He wants you to enjoy these things. You know, you're sitting there complaining. And it's like, man, I want some mangoes. They ain't got no mangoes at the grocery store. All they got is these bananas and these oranges and stuff. Man, eat them oranges and be happy. Eat the strawberries. Yeah, them the grapes are spoiled. Forget those. Get the, get, 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 get the, get the uh, honeydews, you know. Get something else. Quit complaining. Enjoy life. You're so hung up on stuff. You're so hung up. He's like, look. Enjoy your food, enjoy the sustenance, enjoy the provisions he's given you. And then he moves up, he says, he's, I don't know, this always makes me laugh. It's, it's the contrast, I don't want to say the contrast, it's the, the way he describes it. He goes from enjoying this food, he says, uh, let your clothes be, he, when he says let, let your clothes be white and the oil never flowing, it's basically ancient Near, language, ancient Near East language. They say, man, enjoy life, live. Like, live, like, like don't... Hung down and sit around and just be all bored and live. Like you can live and have a good life and have a good time and not sin against the Lord. That's, the world wants you to think that you have to sin to have fun. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Because they walk in bondage and they enslaved to sin while we walk in freedom. We can actually enjoy what God gives. Without looking over our back or scared of consequences chasing us. He says live. And then he makes this statement that always makes me laugh when he says Enjoy life with the wife you love. That sounds good, right? Remember, now he is a, he's writing as a sage. He's giving wisdom, and he's writing primarily to a male audience. So it's not like, you can take this book. I want you to get what he's saying. He says, enjoy life with the wife you love all the days. And he says, of your fleeting life. <laughs> Why that makes me laugh all the time. But you know what he's saying? He's like, dude, life is short. Enjoy your marriage. He says, this life is fleeting. And he, he, he gives emphasis. All the days of your fleeting life, which has been given to you under the sun, all your fleeting days. I'm, I'm a clown. That thing is funny. 
all the days of your fleeting life that God has given you all these fleeting days. You know, it's, it's, it's emphasis. He's stressing like, look, life is short. You don't, know what, you don't know what tomorrow brings. God knows. You don't know what is going to occur. He, man, earlier, verse 1 and verse 2, he says, you get out of relationship. You don't know. You, you can work hard as you can, be as smart as you can, and you don't even know if people are going to love you or hate you for it. You don't know. You don't control that. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L-Jones.org. And request your copy today. Now, let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. But he's calling us, be satisfied with that lack of control. We're in God's hands. Enjoy what he gives. And then he says something else. Like, we can sit here and they'd be like, okay, enjoy the resources and the food and the sustenance and the blessings that God gives us. Enjoy your marriage. That sounds great. You know what he's saying in verse 10? Enjoy your work. You're sitting there like, hold on, I don't know if God gave me that job. What does he say in verse 10? In verse 10, he says, whatever your hands find to do, do with all strength because there is no work planning, knowledge, or wisdom in Sheol where you are going. He says, look, remember, these these days are fleeting. Life is short. You don't know what to expect. So the job God gave you to do, the responsibilities God gave you, do it with everything you got. Sometimes we sit around, we give half of what we could give and complain about what we have and we waiting for something better. We find, we get that job that we think is better and we find out I'm just as miserable in that job than I was before. I need to find something else better. We need to shift our perspective. If you're at that place of work, God has you in his hands. He hasn't let you slip through his fingers and you just, oh, I dropped you in that job. Hold on, let me get you out. No, you're there. He has you there. What does he have you there for? You know, and he says this, he says, do with everything you got, all your strength. Do your best. But the reason you're doing your best is remember, you're in his hands. You're not doing this for your glory. You do all you do for his glory. So wherever you find yourself, whatever space, whoever your boss is, if you're the boss, whoever those employees are, you're trying to give them the work. They don't want to work. Or you got that, that supervisor that don't know what he or she doing and is frustrating. God has you there. You know what? God wants you to be a blessing. God wants you to be salt and light. God wants you to be in that space, giving everything you have so that even your coworkers look at you and be like, man, you crazy. You ain't got, it don't take all that. It don't take all that. Why are you doing all that? No, it don't take all that. I do this because I love the Lord. God gave me this job. Somebody shared something with me the other day and they were talking about this job they had and they ain't like it and this and this. And I said, well, at the minimum, be grateful because I know some folks still looking for work. So at minimum, just be grateful for that. And God may transition you, but be grateful, you know, and, and do your best. You know, who knows what God has for you? You may learn a skill in that space that takes you somewhere else to flourish and you had no idea. It all goes back to whose hands are we in? And when you keep that perspective in mind, that changes your whole experience. Because you're no longer seeing it as some kind of burden. You see it as opportunity. 
You see it as somewhere you can grow. You see it as somewhere where you're serving the Lord. Our service to the Lord is not just when we come to church. You know, we, we have our greeters that we're grateful for. We have our, our sound technicians and our media team and our, our children's team and our logistics team and, and our praise team. We have all these people that serve in various capacities and even more service opportunities that we want to do. But it doesn't stop just on a Sunday when we have service. We serve the Lord even in our places of work where we're just putting them on display. You know, where we're, where we're there to be able to pray for somebody who's going through it and they don't know any other Christians. And they, they struggling, and you there to be able to give a word in a time of need. And what, we do it with all our strength, all our strength, wherever you are. He's making this point, these first 10 verses, he's like, look, you are in God's hands. Enjoy what God gives you. Yeah, you may not have everything you wanted. Yeah, it may not be exactly like you hoped and dreamed. Yeah, it may not be what you think is good as somebody else. Forget all that. We got we to gotta throw, throw that out in the garbage. We got to see our lives as I am perfectly aligned with God's will because I'm following Jesus. I'm following Jesus. So he, he has me right here. He's going to take care of me. Yeah, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I can have a peace and a contentment with that. And you know what? While I'm in here, we're going to enjoy this time. But, but, he, but he moves on because, you know, why he gives this, we all going to die. It's certain. We're going there. It's better to be living. We have hope. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the light God gave you. And then he, he, still, he still always goes back to, like, even though the wise person and the fool both going to die. And sometimes the fool may live longer than the wise. He goes back. It's still better to be wise. It's still better to walk in wisdom. He still champions wisdoms, but he always wants us to recognize that wisdom has limitations. All right. Wisdom, not the end all be all. And I, I, I have I've come to record as we've gone through Ecclesiastes. He I don't know if y'all know this. He keeps saying this. He keeps pinpointing wisdom's lack. He keeps pointing out wisdoms and making wise decisions. He keeps pointing out the limitations. And, you know, I. This is what I've come to believe. I believe that he keeps reminding us, reminding us of that so we don't get prideful. Because when we get to the point that we know better and we think we better and we smarter than everybody else, that's when we slip into pride. And that is when we stumble. <laughs> so he's reminding like, look, enjoy that wisdom, champion that wisdom, but uh, uh, don't think too highly of it because you'll die just like the fool. You, 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 you're susceptible. You know, you think you're smart. You think you're smarter than everybody around you. But, but, but don't, don't, don't get too ahead of yourself. He goes in here and he, he's saying, these, this, even though wisdom has limitations, it's, it, it's still better. I want you to notice this transition. He goes from this enjoy your life, and then he goes from again I saw under the sun. And he talks about this, 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 this wisdom, how, how, how living wise and wise living, it's, it's, it's not prioritized. Nobody cares about it even when it delivers. He, he moves from this, this race and the swift. Uh, actually, this is that verse that everybody misquote, all right? You know, people be like, I, I was part of a Bible study, and I said, I give everybody in here $1,000 if you can find the verse that says, the race is not given to the swift nor to the strong, but the one that endures to the end. Everybody took me up on that, and they were looking, and they were looking. They were like, I said, Google it, baby, Google it. It doesn't exist. 
because we've misquoted what it's not about those that endure to the end. It's actually somewhat pessimistic. It says, the race is not given to the swift of the battle to the strong. Oh, I thought you need to be strong to win. I thought the race is the fastest person. He says, bread to the wise, riches to the discerning, or favor to the skillful. Rather, time and chance happen to them all. He's saying, like, look, no matter how fast you are, strong you are, wise you are, skillful you are, it doesn't guarantee the end that you may think. Goes back, verse 1, you're in God's hands. We don't control much. We control our attitude and our effort. Other than that, we got to trust the Lord. I hope that's a, such a freeing position that you can find yourself in right now is that you don't control anything. I don't control anything. I can be the smartest, the strongest, and at the end, I can lose. I can lose. But what do you say? Enjoy your life. Because we're in God's hands. He's in control. So even with these limitations, but he goes to, he gives this example. He moves from this and he says, look, it was a small city, didn't have a lot of people. A strong king came against it, had it besieged, they're going to lose. Then was this poor little wise man came and he delivered the city. And then they forgot about him. <laughs> this thing, you know how huge that is? It goes back to when I said priorities. You know, it, this, 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 this the, 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 the word poor. It, it doesn't necessarily, so that Hebrew word that's used there, it doesn't necessarily communicate uh, uh, impoverished. It, it can communicate uh, not, not, not wealthy, not, not strong, not known, not, uh, not seen, or uh, 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 not understood, like to be noble, uh, didn't, didn't have that authoritative position, didn't, didn't come up in that kind of space. It, this, this could be just very, a very common nobody. This... Contextually, is communicating this nobody of a man, but he had wisdom. He came, he delivered that city from a strong king. And everybody was happy. And then they forgot about him. And they went back to their folly, their foolishness. So when I talked about, and then he still says, it's still better to be wise. You want to know why he's making this point? This is why he's making this point. He's saying, look. Even though wisdom is not championed and all great and it's not celebrated and don't want to get you famous and all of that, it's still better to be wise, even if you've forgotten about. It's still better. Why? Because it delivers. There's purpose in it. It helps. It's needed. I know. Think about it in our lives. We think about more of what we want in life than what we need in life. And, and this is what he's saying. Wisdom has limitations. It's not celebrated. It's not, it's not famous yet. It's better because it, it delivers. It, it, it's strong. It can, it, can, it can deliver. It can help. It says, calm words of the wise are heeded more than shouts of a ruler. Meaning when it's in need, we don't need just the strength and power. We need wisdom. And, and, and wisdom is better than a weapon of war. You have the biggest weapon. You can have the biggest gun. But wisdom can overcome it. And he says this, but one sinner can destroy much good. It, I, I, scholars wrestle with why that chapter ends like that. Uh, it, it connects to what comes after and what's just been said. So it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a transition piece. And next week we'll look at chapter 10. But it's, it's, I, I want us to look at what's being said here. Because it says that w wisdom can deliver, but, just, but, but one, one foul decision can destroy what's been made right. See, Earlier I said he continues to make this point about wisdom because he doesn't want wisdom 
to become an idol in and of itself. He wants us to seek wisdom, to live wisely before the Lord, but ultimately always retreat, escape, and embrace that ultimately we are in God's hands. He's in control. We are not. Go back. God said, enjoy your life. You don't know what tomorrow will come. You don't know what tomorrow will be. be wise. Make good decisions. But you don't know what, 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 what the future holds. God knows. So trust that. You're in God's hands. Enjoy what he's given you. Enjoy your family. Enjoy relationships. Enjoy your marriage. Enjoy the food and sustenance you have. Enjoy your job. Do everything at your job with all your strength. And know that even if you've been forgotten about, even if you're not celebrated, continue to make wise decisions. Continue to support. Continue to be used by God. Not for your own credit, not for your own glory, but for his. And as we do so, remember, it's a shift in perspective. We see this life as through the lens of Christ. See, he's writing a book of Ecclesiastes, and yeah, it's the Old Testament, but we're looking at things from the new covenant promises that God has given us the indwelling Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ. And he gives us not only the wisdom, but also the ability and the power to walk out the life that he's purposed us to live by faith in Jesus Christ. Enjoy it. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the current series, Chasing After the Wind. 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.